0: The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.
1: Our world is always so rush, rush. We can never get any personal time to ourselves, let alone those that we love. Welcome to Might Radio with host Gabriella Von Ray our mission to reintroduce kindness and compassion to our busy lives remember when life was so much simpler gabriella and her guests today will pick up the ball of human kindness and by doing so empower you to make changes in your own life and now here is gabriella von ray
2: hi everyone and welcome to another show at might radio and today's topic is managing stress and autism with something called body talk and our guest today is Cress Spicer and we are in particular going to talk about children. Cress, welcome to the cho- to the show. Sorry about that. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Hi. And I I know you from Vancouver yes. and to tell you right now it's snowing here in Iowa. Oh Ooh. my gosh. Very cold, (laughs) and I'm sure it's raining in Vancouver.
3: You know what? It's absolutely pouring it down here. Like, it's been really, really heavy rain all night, and because we live on the top floor, we've been listening to the rain all night on our roof.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that usually puts me right to (laughs) sleep. It did me, too. (laughs) So tell us a little bit, Kress, about your background and tell us, especially, I'm always really intrigued, and I think our listeners too, how people get into. Their passion and what is their passion? And I I think for you, it is Reiki and management stress. So tell me a little bit about how you got into that. Well, basically,
3: um, my training in England, um, I trained up to work with children. I have a diploma in nursery nursing.
0: Okay. and
3: um, that allowed me to work in the school boards. I went to college for two years, and then when I came over to um, Canada, I was able to work in school boards and working with autistic children. So that's where that part of it is. Like, I've had a lot of experience on that side, and I also had the um, early childhood edu- educator certificate as well.
2: Okay, um, fantastic.
3: And then in regards to the healing work, I started on the healing path officially in 1994 when okay. I took my Reiki level one, and that was in Vancouver when I first moved here. And I absolutely loved it. I got to practice on friends and things, and and I loved it. And continued taking uh, more Reiki courses and became a Reiki master teacher in 1999. And then in 2002, I was introduced to body talk. Basically, I was suffering from a lot of um, allergies and digestive disorders and (laughs) you name it. I think I had a lot of things. I was allergic to everything, even (laughs) including myself. (laughs) Okay. I would only be allergic to the rain in Vancouver. (laughs) I was probably allergic to that too. Uh, (laughs) So I I had a year's worth of, at the time I was living in Calgary, my husband and I were, I had like a year's worth of body talk sessions. And it completely reversed all of my symptoms, like my allergies, and it got to the root causes behind everything. So Mm -hmm. at that stage, I'm like, wow, there must be something to body talk. So then um, I started studying in Calgary and became a certified body talk um, practitioner in 2004 and wow. continued studying um and a body talk access trainer and con- just continuing learning but i mean my two passions have always been working with children like i've been working with children in various school boards around um england and canada for over 25 years and also working with the healing work since 1994 so now the two are like combining this yeah, in the last
2: couple of years And I would like you to explain something to listeners because I myself am a Reiki master and Mm -hmm. I only got into it two years ago. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I know that people are wondering always about, what is Reiki and can the body truly heal itself?
3: Absolutely. Basically, Reiki, um, I, whenever I'm explaining it, I always say that it's like, all around us is universal energy and like in the Chinese they have the Qi in Reiki in Japanese they use Qi, so Reiki is the universal life force energy all around us and -hmm. basically with uh, Reiki we've been attuned to receive the energy, the Reiki energy through our body and it grounds out down through our feet into the earth. And the Reiki energy comes out through my hands, through my feet, and even through my eyes and my third eye. Um, So basically it's like we're facilitating, we're facilitators for the Reiki energy so when we're working with clients, we're assisting their bodies in healing themselves. We're not healing anybody. We're assisting them when I'm doing Reiki with the Reiki energy for their body to help themselves.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And would, yeah.
2: would you say that um, how long does it take again for the cells to regenerate? I always forget that.
3: Oh, I forgot
2: it, too. I forgot it, too. I need to Google that. (laughs) It depends. Even the simple thing like regeneration of cells. I know that I speak to people that are cancer survivors, and they sometimes really don't believe that that there is only a short period where the cells regenerate, Mm -hmm. and we're totally... Um, I I wouldn't say cured, but we're totally healthy again. Mm -hmm. And that's the time to actually learn to practice Reiki and learn to heal your own body. Mm
3: -hmm. Mm
2: -hmm. Would you agree with that?
3: I think that everybody, I mean, with body talk, the belief Mm -hmm. is that your body has um, an innate healing ability or an innate wisdom. Mm
0: -hmm. And that
3: wisdom allows your body to heal itself. And by connecting with the body talk, you connect to your body's innate healing wisdom and that allows it to get back into um your body into optimal health and well-being so i i truly believe that everybody ha- everybody's body has the ability to heal itself
0: and yep, you know too.
1: it's
3: with assistance from reiki from body talk from eating healthy from exercising but it's a whole combination of things Do you know what i mean it's not just one single thing it's always working together like the way it's even the way you think the way you feel everything Mm -hmm. is involved in being healthy and you know living a healthy life Uh,
2: absolutely but one of the things that i liked and i noticed on your website was Mm -hmm. the managing stress Uh, when the might radio comes on and you look at our promo clip on voice america's website Mm -hmm. you will see that we talk about, you know, life is really rush, rush. It's we're all over the map. A lot of us have two jobs, and we have children at home that we need to attend to. Mm-hmm. So it's a very stressful life at that, not only for the adult but also for the children. Absolutely. Would you say that it's more the body talk method that helps within the stress, or is the body talk method identical to the Reiki?
3: No, this very distinct differences between okay. the two um, basically Reiki is when you've been attuned to the universal energy and I'm bringing through the Reiki energy and assisting the clients in helping their body to heal themselves by placing my hands either on the body or in their energy body above their body and mm-hmm. maybe using some symbols sometimes too with the Reiki but with the body talk it's a completely different system it's still a form of energy medicine But it's a combination, it was created in the early 1990s by John Veltheim, and basically it's a combination of osteopathic, chiropractic, Vedic, Chinese medicine, and Western medicine principles all mixed together. And it works on using muscle testing so when the client lays down I'm connecting to their body using muscle testing using asking yes no questions and then I'm finding what the priority is for that person's body and where the imbalances are and then tapping on the head and tapping on the heart so basically with the body talk we're finding links and linking the body up so it can go back into optimal health and well-being and re-synchronize back into health Mm -hmm. they're very complementary to each other but they're they're different too they work different they they both forms of energy medicine but they work very differently
2: okay and how does the osteopathic part work in there well basically the
3: osteopathic chiropractic part is that um, with the body talk system um John Veltain created um a chart like there's all different modules you learn mm-hmm. when you learning the body talk system and each module you learn you learn more information and um so in this first the fundamentals course the, the first course you're learning you're learning about um reciprocals in the body and basically mm-hmm. with the reciprocals, you're able to, um, when you're working with the reciprocals, like I've worked with a lot of people with injuries and stress issues in the body and holding like back injuries caused by stress and things like that using the reciprocals because what it's doing, it's working on the musculoskeletal level and you know how when you go to a chiropractor, they actually physically are manipulating your body back into place. When yeah. you're working with the body talk, it's a very gentle procedure. You're not actually manipulating anything. I'm not physically manipulating your head or your back or your neck. It's all done through focus and intent and tapping.
2: Okay. Mhm. And the tapping is part of energy in that sense, no? Am I what? seeing that wrong? What's that? Sorry. When you tap on the body, yeah, the body reacts to the tapping and the energy that it brings to the body, no? I- yeah, absolutely. So basically, the the point of the tapping with body talk is that mm-hmm.
3: um, say that I have a client laying down and I'm connecting to their body. I always have to ask permissions to see whether we're able to work on all levels with the person and on myself. And um, I'll just give you an example right now. So um, basically, the if I do it on myself, what it does it's um, when you're tapping on the head. You're finding, when body talk, we're finding a link. So it may be like heart to liver. And then I tap it on the head and tapping on the heart. And when I'm tapping on the head, it's like saying to the brain, wake up brain. There's a new link coming in. You can change. It's like getting a new pathway in the body to make, make it more healthy. And then mm-hmm. when I'm tapping on the heart, it's saying to the heart, store the new link and store the new memory. So the heart yes. takes it all around and stores it around the body like it pumps it around the body. Absolutely. Mm
2: -hmm. Wow, this sounds really fascinating. Mm -hmm. For everyone out there, we're going to go into a commercial break in a couple of seconds, but I'm glad you um, made us understand the difference between Reiki and Body Talk because when I look at your website, that's really hard for most of us to understand the difference because Mm -hmm. we think it's all energy. Mm -hmm. but One more question before we go to break. What is the Chinese medicine part within the body talk? I'm basically...
3: Chinese medicine, I mean, you can go and take it into much more further depth because body talk offers lots of courses in like Chinese medicine and different aspects of Chinese medicine. But when you're taking mm-hmm. it in the one of the modules, you learn about um, the five elements, you're learning about the Chinese clock and how it affects the body, how the five elements affect the body. So it's very um,
2: in-depth with the body talk.
3: It goes into a lot more detail. That's what it is. And the Reiki, I
2: love Reiki. Did they take the best of every single culture's medicine and put it into practice? I think it is. (laughs) That's what it sounds like. You you know what?
3: That's a really good way of putting it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's like taking really everything that everyone really adores per culture Mm -hmm. and putting it into one practice. That's Mm -hmm. what it sounds like. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's- okay, we're going to go right into a commercial break, and we'll be right back.
0: Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel, voiceamericaempowerment.com. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the 7th Wave Network.
1: Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G A B R I E L L A V A N R I J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. Hi, everyone. We're back with our guest, Chris Spicer. So, Hi. Chris, we were just
2: talking about the differences. Really between Reiki and body talk mm-hmm. and how you combine the two. Mm-hmm. And, um, what was the most interesting for anyone who's tuning in right now is mm-hmm. body talk is kind of like a method where they took of every single culture, the best of its medicine and made it all into one. And that's the closest I can come to an explanation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I would love to move over a little bit to the children because you know how children is a big passion of mine. I know. <laughs> and, and you know, and any child with a disability, and I hope I don't offend anyone by saying that, but mm-hmm. there was a time that I think in the past, that we thought autism is a disability. I basically think autistic children are geniuses. But Absolutely. Yeah. So do I. <laughs> you are the expert here, not me. So, what is autism? Because, you know, it is really confusing out there. You yes. get so many definitions yes. from brain disorders to. Yes. And I have never felt that when I met autistic children. Yeah. I have felt sometimes that they couldn't communicate the Mm -hmm. way we would like to, but I've always thought that there was something incredibly special with them and that Mm -hmm. when they communicate, they're amazing.
3: Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with you because I truly believe that these children, like I've always had this special bond with them. I don't know why that whenever I'm with them, I connect with them instantly, like we have an instant connection and it's like I have an understanding of them and,
2: mm-hmm. and
3: basically I really feel that they're here to, on a spiritual level, to awaken us to a higher consciousness because those guys are very high mm-hmm. on a conscious level. Like mm-hmm. when some, and sometimes that's part of their issue in the communication and the social skills too because often they're working on such higher levels of kinds of levels of consciousness but they're not actually able to express it in this level. Okay. Um also that um I more see it as a learning delay um with the autism. And some why, people why is that? Because I think it's I mean if you're looking at I mean of course it's gonna there's parts of the brain that are affected neurologically with mm-hmm. autism and that's you know they've studied it in medicine and things like that and which causes a learning delay basically with a learning delay like when we're working with learning delays it's just um a delay either socially emotionally mentally when you're working with them in the school board and they require additional help and modific- modified work to enable them to function at a level that's suitable for them within the school board, like integrating them into classrooms and things like that. And some people see them, they basically like they have a de- developmental delay, disability,
2: these mm-hmm. children. Mm-hmm. But but if they have a, a delay, is okay. the delay... Um, does it have any signs that a parent who would be listening to the show today could recognize? Because mm-hmm. I think that's where the problem lies, right? We really don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
3: So, I th- mean, there's some general um, signs that... You know, I sometimes I will go into a classroom with children because I still work on call in the school board a couple of days a week. And um, okay. you know, even when somebody said they they're not designated, I can pick out straight away who are the autistic or who haven't been designated and what sort of like there's certain um, pointers. One is that often one of the big clues is their social skills. Often, like socially especially in gym, lunch, recess, times like that, you'll see them wanting, like, they want to communicate with people, but often they're off by themselves doing their own thing and very happy in their own world. But, I mean, really they they want, they need to be able to communicate and make friends and things like that. And so often they have issues socially um forming friendships, they have issues connecting with people and going up to someone and saying, can I play with you or can I be with you or can I work with you or, you know, whatever. They don't have this, a lot of times they don't have the same verbal expression forms of communicating how they feel, what their needs are. It's that you have to be a voice sometimes for Mm -hmm. expressing how their needs and what they want. And so, um, and also quite a few of them are very, um, like, you can often, they will have this stare. You can see them sitting there, like, in their own world, like, completely absent-minded, looking out the window. I mean, I mean, I do that, but <laughs> they're doing it for, like, periods of time. Um, and often, you know, it's like, they're not, sometimes it feels like they're not here. They're not in their body and they're not grounded. They're not, they're very um, cerebral, some of them are. Um, some of them, when I've worked with some of them in the high schools and, you know, you get the gifted high-function Asperger's guys. Okay. Well, I mean, it's just like it's a different level of functioning out there. They're not even connecting on this sort of level. They're just so abstract and cerebral and, and it's so wonderful to be in, like... Um, with people like that, because it's such a different level of, like, communicating. They communicate a lot more um, visually. They're very much visual learners and a lot connect to music. They connect to, um, very often some of them can be kinesthetic. So, often, yeah, I mean, most of the pointers are the communication issues, the social-emotional issues, sometimes... Um, a big a lot of issues with like frustration um and also having to be very structured in order to create that feeling of safety for them so they know what's coming next they often need extreme structure like mm-hmm. you know i have to do schedules and things like that with them so it's like first you do this in five minutes get a countdown then it's this so they've always got like a countdown you know it's like a safety yeah. thing for them in three minutes two
2: minutes how and do then- parents deal with them though because when you say that they're in their own world mm-hmm. sometimes for long periods mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can imagine for a parent that that's really tough mm-hmm. what, what what do you advise for these parents do you
3: know what I um I find that, I, I mean, I just love these children. They're so fascinating. And that they're unique. They're just beautiful, unique, individual beings. And I think they're very misunderstood a lot of times. People mm-hmm. place a lot of, um, labels on them. And really, if you take the time, what I found is that they're just human like anybody else. And then, you know, I've dealt with severe behaviors. I've been beaten up before. I've had injuries and things like that. But I mean, it's, that's not who they are. That's just behaviors. And when you can really connect with the core of who they are, like what I find, I find connecting is I love to connect with them. Sometimes with um, autistic children, they get obsessive about something. Some children could be obsessive, like I have some friends children who are obsessive about art and cartoons and things like that. And then other children may be obsessive about nature and cats. Like there's um, a child in, um, I I used to work with this child, and basically, and she was autistic and ADHD at the same time. um, And I connected with her because, she, I found her obsessiveness, like, cause that's their uniqueness is their obsessiveness. <laughs> and you can use that to their advantage to connect with them on a deeper level, cause what I found was that she was absolutely obsessive about cats and nature. And I love cats and nature, I have two cats. So at recess I'd go outside with her and, you know, and she'd make daisy chains and I'd sit with her and we'd talk about making things and she, she was just a beautiful thing. She really opened up and we asked other girls to come and, you know, sit with us and make daisy chains and talk about nature and then we'd sit and hug a tree and we'd ask people, invite people and then I'd talk about my cats and I'd bring photos in of my cats and, you know, she brought photos in of her cats and it was an, it was an opportunity to connect with her on a deeper level and also bring in other people too because she was, that's her passion. Sometimes it comes
2: out as an obsession. Yeah, it almost sounds like you found a sort of key how to open the door within their own world per autistic child. That's what I'm hearing. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It almost sounds like Alzheimer in the way. I I know they're totally unrelated. (laughs) Yeah. But you also have to learn to be in the moment within their thinking, and absolutely. then follow their thinking. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Even even if the reality is completely different, mm-hmm. and as human beings, we love to argue, including myself. Oh, we are. <laughs> <laughs> and so I I love to say, no, it isn't raining outside. Don't you see that? <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. you In in the world, I, I happen to have uh, a loved one around me uh-huh. that's. In, in an Alzheimer's um, facility. Yeah. And when I hear you talk, it almost sounds like once we connect within their world, uh-huh. no matter what the disorder would uh-huh. be, uh-huh. we uh, connect with them and just stay in their world and not go argumentative into ours and into our perception.
3: Yeah. You know what it's like? It's such a beautiful. I mean, I'm just honored to be working with these like beautiful beings because they teach you so much of like how to be in the moment, how to be non-judgmental. They're just so open. I mean, some of the higher functioning ones are so open, and you know, they want you to connect and be with them and learn about them, and you know, and when they do, it's just they open up. And they really blossom. So it's just finding that connection, you know. And even when working with the lower-functioning children, like I worked with some really low-functioning um, autistic children. When I was first in England, before I took my training at college, my first experience was when I was like 15, 16 years old. Every weekend I'd, I'd be volunteering at this um developmental unit and it was the most severe developmental delays I've ever seen and these children were like 12 to 20 and
1: mm-hmm.
3: that just it was shocking like the kiddies in there were like wearing helmets they were screaming biting pinching nonverbal, couldn't eat couldn't speak basically if you could stop them from screaming for five minutes, that was a good day for them. And, you know, it, you take them out for a walk and they were screaming the head off and, the, you know. And it was just like, wow. And that's when I found that really fascinating, like, who are these beings who are like this? That's when I first really, really got connected and, like, really felt like, wow, I need to know more about these children. There's something about them that's so... Like, there's there's something... Well, even when they're that severe, it's like, wow, there's somebody in there deep inside that really wants to try and express themselves, no matter Mm -hmm. how severe the delay is with autism, whether it's a very high function or very low functioning there's still the basic need of trying to express who they truly are have a need to express and connect with you but
2: how do you keep as an educator and a parent how do you keep your wits about, how do you so let's, let's pretend that I would work with an autism child and in a workshop, how do you Try in that case to connect. I hear what you're saying in every human being, no matter mm-hmm. how bad or how good we communicate, there's a human being inside. Mm-hmm. But how, what advice could you give for the listener? How do we try in that case when their, when their function is so low mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that we kind of feel hopeless, right? How oh. do you, how do you keep the hopelessness out of it in that case? <clears throat> well, yeah, you know what, there
3: was, um, I'll give you an example. Okay. Um, I was in a school a couple of years ago, and I was working with his kindergarten, and um, he, I mean, autism was the least, he had about seven different disorders, and autism was one of them, but he had, like, mental illness, and, you know, a whole other host of things, and severe behaviors on top of that. And basically, he was, so violent that he beat up the teacher he beat up the children in the class and I came in and um, worked with him for a while and um, basically he needed to be put on like a, a really strict schedule like a visual schedule and a behavior plan so if he could sit down, say he came in in the morning, we had like a, a token thing, like if he did a good job walking in and taking his jacket off without hitting anyone, he'd get like a positive reinforcement, like that's awesome, good job. And then we'd have, we always have to have somebody with him at all times because otherwise he'd just, he'd get very violent. Um so then we'd sit him down at the carpet and, you know, he'd have his own board and even keeping him focused and sitting down for like one minute, Mm -hmm. And because, you know, he had all these disorders and he could quite easily go off the edge really quickly. It was just like, okay, great job. You're sitting down for a moment. Okay, let's give you um, an activity you really enjoyed. So then I gave him like an activity because he had to keep it so short, the span, because otherwise if you weren't giving him positive reinforcements and tokens and things to show that great job, you're doing a good job, he'd quickly go back into other behaviors. Um, So it was just keeping, like, monitoring him every few minutes, saying, great job, get a star, great job, you're going to have an activity. And then if a behavior came up, which, I mean, it did very often, like, he could be very good for like five minutes and then the next minute all of a sudden he'd turn around and he'd smash somebody in the face. So what I'd have to do is like, you know, take him out, sit him down, uh, de-escalate him because he was getting really violent and just say, you know, that's not okay. The behavior, take a token away from him and say, you know, that's one chance. If you're going to do that again, you're going to lose um recess and and then would come back in again and try again and let's sit him down on the carpet and just say, Okay you can, I know you can do it. You can, you know, sit down on the carpet. And he'd, like, probably stay there for a minute. And he, I could see him getting really anxious and his body tensing up. And and then he'd spit on someone. Like, he'd pull the head. And one moment i turn around to say hi to the teacher. And then he'd just grab a child, pull the child's head back and spit on the face. And it was just like, okay, let's go. And I'd have to take him out the classroom. And it's like being in the moment, like, complete... With him, I had to show no emotion because as soon as I got emotional with him, he'd completely blow a fuse. So it was just like no, nope. I had to be very no, this is
2: it, no, emot- no emotion. Hmm. Interesting. Zero and emotion. would reiki in this in this case of this extreme child that mm-hmm. you're explaining to mm-hmm. us would reiki help? I'd
3: love to. Yeah, you know what? Um, I it calm him down. Like, there was times when I just sat on the carpet. Like, it was great if he could be okay for a couple of minutes. I'd sit down with him and would just sit in a very peaceful place, just sending him, like, good energy, just like, okay. Because he he a lot of the time, part of the issue is with these guys is that they're very sensitive. They pick up on everybody's energy and the environment around them. So if you're having an off day and if you're feeling not so happy inside they're going to pick up on it and they can get triggered and go into behaviors so basically i had to monitor how i was feeling at all times like i could not react i could not um, go into like oh my gosh what are you doing that for or respond that way because he'd freak out and it just it taught me to really ground and be in the present moment with him and you know really appreciate when he had good moments like it's like when he had good moments I just remembered those moments of like, wow, he's such a great guy when he's happy. Oh, he did some really good work for two or five minutes, that's great job. You know, I it kept I kept having to focus on the good things in him. Like even when it was a tough time, I'm thinking because we're still human, right? We still have, we are still, we're human, and sometimes I had to got to a stage where I had to bring somebody else, and I said, "Look, I've had, I'm up, I can't deal with him anymore. Would you step in and deal with it?" And I had to back off and let somebody else help out. Okay, but we're still human, and
2: it's okay to to do that. But you know, when I'm listening to this example that you're giving, yeah. And, and working myself with children from all walks of life yeah. and all kinds of situations, sad and good and mm-hmm. all of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 99% of us are action reaction. Absolutely. Yes, we, we do an action and the other person reacts to it and, yes. and or we react <laughs> and then there's an action. It doesn't matter how you turn it. And yes. so. I find it quite um, uh, very useful to listen to your example here because it is true. When, when we get frustrated, we need to, as an educator, walk and just give it some time and then come back full of energy. Yeah,
3: totally. But
2: I also notice, and I notice it even more, of course, since I've done Reiki myself, uh-huh. is if you stay totally still yeah i mean i'm I'm just gonna give you my example, yeah I'm totally still, yeah, in the most obnoxious situation where yeah. th- things are flying around your head, yeah, amazingly enough, yeah, the people actually stop, yeah, because there's no reaction from me, comes- and I stay like you just said in a really calm space, yeah. And I'm trying to teach other children that you can go from a really bad space yes. into a really good place. Absolutely. And I I use this quote all the time, from a bad space into yes. a good place. Ex- exactly because you can. But yes. the funny part is the child will come with you. So for me almost, yes. you're explaining autism. In a sense, we all have that capability inside of us, right? We can go ballistic. Uh, children are often, you know, I stamped with my foot when I was younger. Yeah. You know, I okay. mean, passionate, way too passionate, even as a child. <laughs> you know, life is unfair. What is this teacher thinking of? Yeah. That was me. I spend more time in the hallway than anywhere else. So So I educated myself in the end. (laughs) But but exactly the way you're explaining this case, we do it too. We adults, children, uh, all of us have this. And so what I'm hearing, and please correct me because I Uh think it's important for the listeners, is that the autistic children... Mm -hmm seem to just not have the filter. And although we have the filter, we lose our filter too sometimes. And we just lose it because we just can't, mm-hmm. you know, something... I, I always call it the red flag, but that's probably not the right word to choose. <laughs> but you know what I yeah. mean. We 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 just lose our cool, too, and, and we just then sometimes seem like undisciplined children ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So that child, that autistic child, kind of stays into this. Mm-hmm. Is that correct, what mm-hmm. I'm hearing?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: In that, I mean, that's one aspect
3: of it. I mean, they mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Yeah, I mean, basically... What I found that, and I think that's why sometimes, you know, I get, I go into a situation and the child just calms down is because I'm in a place of calm myself, yeah. and I found that, you know, there was um, there was one school. I'll give you an example of this chat. I, ha- I even now I I laugh about it. I'm like, holy cow! That really made me open my eyes to something too. But I was in another school and I was working in this with this autistic boy, and he was um probably about ten years old. And it was a it was a severe learning room. Um, and this teacher in the class at the time was um, the morning teacher. One day the teacher was really calm, and then the next day I went in. The co-teacher of the team was like really hyped up, and she got she whipped up these children's energy into like, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, get running, get do this, do this, do this. And these children were like acting out; they were violent they were crying they weren't eating they were throwing things they went outside they were they even hit her outside right and then and then um i had to we came back in and one of them started to really get violent and i had to take him out of the room and de escalated. so we i took him into a sensory room and i i just calm i had to i just went straight into my heart because it, it could have gone either way. I could have got hit at that stage. I could totally feel his energy. I mean, Reiki's great because it's learned, it's taught me how to feel energy. Like I've been doing it for mm-hmm. so long. So I was totally aware where this kid was coming from. And he was taller than me. And I'm like, it's okay. I'm safe. And I went into my heart and I sent him love and I took him into this sensory room with this room where they, with all mats and everything. And we, we, I sat in the corner. And he was smashing things like he was so mad. And I just sat there, and then I lay down on the mat, and I just closed my eyes. And I'm just like, it's okay. I've got to send him love and calm him down. And I just, uh, yeah, I, I stayed there for like five minutes, just. And I was aware of him. I had my eyes open. I could see what he was doing. And all of, within five minutes, he came over to me, lay down beside me, and he said. I hate that teacher. She's too hyped up. And it makes me mad. And he said, she's too, she's too, what did she say? She's too angry. And, mm. and then he laid down beside me and I just looked at him and I was breathing really calmly and he came up completely calmed right down and pulled himself back together. So, I mean, these guys, they, they're extremely sensitive to, to people's energies, to environment, to, to everything. You know, that's the beauty of them. I mean, that's, that's the beautiful gift, but it mean, it means that you need to be extra vigilant of everything.
2: (laughs) Yeah. But I, do you, um, this is a question because I really don't know. Do the educators that deal with autistic children, do they learn Reiki? I wish they would. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. There's my answer.
3: I wish, you know what? It'd be awesome, like. It's,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a very powerful tool to learn. Isn't I think it? If you work with people, period. Yes. If you have to deal with your own emotions yes. and your own issues, um, yes. I think Reiki is enormous. But you just answered my question that I was going to ask. <laughs> How can you get close enough to these children to actually have your hands hover over them? But what you said made totally sense to me. If you stay calm and you give the child actually space to... Rage it out, or yeah. however you say that. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, let, let, let the the, uh, the anger ebb away and yeah. let him then feel the room and your own energy. It's,
3: it's, because ultimately what we're trying to teach these children is to, I mean, they often have problems with self-regulation, right?
2: Managing... <laughs> we all
3: do (laughs) so I'm actually offering him that child at the time an an opportunity to self-regulate himself back into his own calm place I wasn't saying you know I wasn't doing anything I was being calm in myself which in turn allowed him to be in that same place
2: yeah I think that's really terrific I I I think that if a child can feel that and if a teacher can stay in that space, yeah. It'd be terrific. Chris, it's so interesting, but unfortunately I have to go into a commercial break right okay. now. <laughs> and we'll be right back, everyone. Okay.
0: On Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Each week,
1: Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. is heard Wednesdays at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Might Radio. Do you have a question or comment for our show? Perhaps you wish to share your own stories of human kindness. Please send an email to Gabriella Von Ray at gmail.com. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-L-A-V-A-N-R-I-J at gmail.com. Now, back to Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray. Hi, everyone. We're back with
2: Managing Stress and Autism with Body Talk with our guest, Chris Spicer. Chris, we were just listening to you totally mesmerized, I could have gone on for hours, <laughs> about the cases of autism children with their actions and the reactions mm-hmm. and their own abilities. Mm-hmm. But these were extreme cases that mm-hmm. you were telling me, mm-hmm. where the level is, I don't like saying low. What, how no, do I, I don't I, like
3: saying low. I actually, it's more... How can I say it? Um. Yeah, I know what you mean, because I don't, it's like, Low, high—it's sort of making us yeah, separate. it separate.
2: It, it's not. It doesn't sound nice at all. No, it with doesn't. with a uh, more difficulty, more. I think that these the children I
3: was explaining have more difficulty um, in expressing, or um, more the
2: extreme um, tendencies of autism. Okay, I like yeah. that, the more extreme tendency yeah. of autism. Yeah. Now I would love, but we, we gotta do it in five minutes, we, <laughs> I'd love to hear, and the listeners would too, what and how you can manage the stress actually of the children that are at the other side of the scale. That uh, are, highly con- yeah, and highly conscious. Mm-hmm. Give us an example of yeah. what a child like that would be of the same age range, mm-hmm. 10, 12 years old.
3: Mm-hmm. So basically, um, what I'll give you an example. There's a grade seven um, I've done some work with years ago and basically he was a higher functioning, like he was like probably not grade seven, he was a ten year old, eleven year old. And um he was much higher functioning. So basically mm-hmm. he required more academic support and you know, I'd sit down next to him and modify some of his So They may not be on the same level as everybody else, but maybe a grade or two behind, which was great because, like, um, he was in the classroom fully integrated at all times. But what happened with him was that he had um, need that, with him it was more of a physical thing. He needed lots of breaks. Um, too, because he had a lot of energy sometimes, as they get higher functioning um they're able they seem to have different needs they have different sensory needs, they had different emotional needs, they have different social needs. Um, Give us
2: an example of the sensory
3: the sensory need is um with this child, he required uh, frequent breaks, so mm-hmm. what that meant was that what you could tell with the autistic child that when he was getting overly stimulated, sometimes they may be under-stimulated or they may be overly stimulated, and that's when they get anxious and hyper, and, you know, they start getting, like, sometimes they may flap their hands because they're getting, like, really confused. And at that stage, I'd say, oh, let's take a break. Do you want to go up to the sensory room? And I'd take them out of the classroom, upstairs or wherever the sensory room was, and um allow him to like go on jump on the trampoline for 10 minutes or use okay. one of the physio balls and do some stretching and things like that because quite often like i think some of that more higher functioning ones um had so much energy excess energy that you know they if they that excess energy wasn't allowed to express itself, they'd end up getting into trouble. So, you know, it's like either I I can divert it into doing some physical form of exercise, or they could go outside and start hitting someone. So it's like, okay, let's go upstairs and, you know, start working out or releasing some of that pent-up energy.
2: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and what makes you say that they are in a higher conscious? That was just, I know you said that earlier, but Mm -hmm. Could you give a really quick example on that one? Uh, higher consciousness. Yeah, than we are. I, I believe that too. Yeah. But I can't explain it, even yes. though I say this. I, I don't work with them, yeah. these children, enough. So I mean, could you maybe yeah. just touch I mean, on that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's two sides to this because I have, when I'm
3: in the school board, I'm doing the school board rules, regulations. I don't mix Reiki in with anything. I always follow protocol and, you know, I don't, I'm not allowed to do Reiki in that time. So but when I'm outside, I mean I do observe and when I'm working with them with body talk or doing reiki, I have noticed that um, they they're very connected to spirit. They're very spiritual children and they when there was one child, I absolutely adored um and he He was a kindergarten and he was a runner and he, you know, that was years ago I worked with him. But he always drew these yellow circles on everything and he told me that was his connection to God. And it was just like, this child had like crystal, I could feel his energy and it was just like crystal energy he was beautiful he was pure he was like had this purity and innocence to him and just very truthful a lot of these children are very pure have a very pure energy very honest and very truthful and often they exude this joy and an unconditional love too i mean i've met some children um that were they you can they may not be talking, but their energy they could they're exuding a love for people, for plants, for animals. Um, yeah.
2: Do you know what I mean? I've seen that too. Yeah, yeah. it's also by the way they touch everything. Absolutely, you <laughs> some of them recognize do. Them. Yes. <laughs> Some of them do. Yeah, they but yeah. qu-
3: that's one of their sensory needs. That's a need. Right, okay. if They have sensory issues and that's the thing of like needing to stroke or hold things or, you know, keep the self-occupied.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have a lot of adults, as you know, listening. And could uh-huh. you give them a tip or two about how they could manage their stress, even if they're not taking care of autism, autism mm-hmm. children, mm-hmm. autistic children?
3: <laughs> so, I mean, there's a couple of ways. I mean, I have clients coming to see me for body talk or Reiki sessions to manage their stress. Mm -hmm. Um, But, I mean, there's things like, because basically what it does is... um, The body talk addresses uh, the root causes behind imbalances in your body caused through stress. So, I mean, I get people coming in with high blood pressure, heart disease, anxiety, depression, things like that. And what the body talk does is able to get the body back into into resynchronization so it goes back into optimal health and well-being. I mean... For myself, I mean, I use Reiki on myself every day, too, and receive sessions and things like that. But, I mean, what I do when I'm in the middle of a situation is sometimes it happens. I'm still human and, you know, I'm about to lose it. I'm like, oh, my God, I've been sitting with this child for 20 minutes. They've been freaking out saying how much they hate me and it's not me it's just the behavior and they're having a meltdown and I'm like I'm sitting there and I'm like taking deep breaths in and like okay I'm meditating I'm thinking about to die so I don't get pulled into the whole thing I have to keep myself like okay I can feel the stress rising but if I'm getting stressed out they're going to pick up on it so I'm Mm -hmm. I'm sitting there and I'm breathing or I'm tapping out my cortices with the body talk or I'm visualizing a beautiful, like, scene to take my mind off it so I keep myself mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: sort of together. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> can you tell the people that are listening, please, your website? Yeah. And how they can reach
3: you? Okay. My website is www.infinitebodytalk.com and you can reach me by phone um, or email, Crest, d-r-e-d-s-s-0-8 at gmail.com.
2: Okay, super. And you give uh, private sessions, too, to people and yeah. their autistic children? I, yeah. Yes, so it's not always through the school board, right?
3: Oh, I, the school board, basically, I work as a is a separate thing. I've been working with children in the school boards for 25 years. I do student support work. I support the Student within the school autistic children and mm-hmm. using strategies and things so that's one thing and then I have my own clinic my own practice where I work with children with autism learning delays I work with adults with stress and clients of all sorts Super. yeah
2: mm-hmm. that's fantastic well Chris is there anything you would like to leave us with any advice anything that we could do better to manage our stress <laughs> I know, I put you on the spot, but
3: you know what I I try and do? I mean, it's, you know, I try the best, one of the really good advice I try and use for myself is to stay in the
2: moment and just radiate love and joy. (laughs) Stay in the moment, radiate joy and love. Do you know how hard that is to do for most people? I tell you, it's hard. I'm, I find it hard sometimes, too. <laughs> okay,
3: what's what's the trick to stay in the moment? You know what makes me stay in the moment is when um appreciating what I have, being out in nature, being, like, breathing and bringing myself back into my body and enjoying every moment, trying to enjoy everything I have. Even when I'm... In the middle of a hard situation or a difficult situation, I'm like, okay, be right here with it. Don't, cause it's our mind, often our mind, it's our mind that wanders sometimes, right? You know, it's yep. like, oh, I think about what I'm going to have for dinner or what oh, I'm going to go out later. And it's like, hey, what about now? I'm, I'm wasting this moment right now. So it's a case of learning to be more aware and being mm-hmm. you know, able to bring yourself back in.
2: Absolutely, I think those are beautiful words Let's stay in a moment, everyone I know it's hard to do <laughs> But let's not worry about dinner yet uh, It is only 10 o'clock on the Pacific Coast <laughs> And almost noon on uh, where I am, Central oh. Time Chris, I really appreciated this interview I Thank thought you. Uh, you gave us some insight into these children yeah. And great work I think uh, we should uh, really appreciate that these kids are around and maybe treat them a little bit nicer too. Yeah. The next time for anyone who listened to the show, the next time we meet an autistic child, just remember it's only a reaction yeah. to something that probably you didn't even do. Yeah. <laughs> so stay calm and in the moment. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank and, you. Uh, we'll be back with Mind Radio next week, Friday. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thank you.
1: Thank you again for joining us this week. Might Radio with Gabriella Von Ray can be heard every Friday at noon Eastern Time, 9 Pacific Time, on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a great week. And until our next show, think of a random act of kindness that you can perform.